My brothers and sisters, the Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Pilate said to Jesus, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, Do you say this on your own, or have others told you about me? Pilate answered, I am not a Jew, am I? Your own nation and the chief priests handed you over to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom does not belong to this world. If my kingdom did belong to this world, my attendants would be fighting to keep me from being handed over to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not here. So Pilate said to him, then you are a king. Jesus answered, you say I am a king. For this I was born, and for this I came into the world, to testify to the truth. Everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. There's nothing subtle about today's feast day, or more precisely, today's solemnity, which means it's one of the greatest of feasts. This greatest of feasts is called the Solemnity of Our Lord Jesus Christ, King of the Universe. So we're not just talking about the church or a nation or even the continent. We're not talking simply about planet Earth. We don't even limit it just to the Milky Way galaxy. We say everything without any hesitation, boldly, as we say, Our Lord Jesus Christ, King of the Universe. The whole shebang, all that was, all that is, all that is to be. And despite there being no ambiguity with the title, you could be forgiven if you had some confusion about the claim. Maybe on a certain level of wonder and awe because of the massiveness and the the mystery of the galaxies and the, the planets, we might relegate those things to being under divine command and order. But a closer look of what happens on all the continents a cursory awareness of the news streams of what happens in different nations of our world and closer to home here in our country, in our state, here even on our campus, we could probably come up with more examples that seem to go things even remotely being under Jesus' reign or influence for that matter than for it. Sadly, you can argue that even the church doesn't always seem to reflect being obedient to Jesus' authority. With all that, things seem to be getting worse with each passing day. There seems to be an endless avalanche of developments that seems hell-bent, and pun intentionally used, to undermine any belief in God, let alone acknowledging or obeying his authority. For example, so many technical, logical advances and modern conveniences that we have, they're, they're amazing. And granted, I'm, I'm very easy to please. Whoever it was that developed the coffee maker that could be preset so that that coffee is brewed without the laborious work of pushing a button and I don't have to wait for that excruciating five minutes in the morning, they are genius in my book. <laughs> but I never imagined a day where we'd have a device like a smartphone that you don't even have to remember your four-digit passcode or six-digit passcode anymore. You look at it 
And instantly you could buy things, you could sell things, you could remotely start your car. But recently, there's been all these reports of how some of the creators of these things are interested in life. Extending life initially, it sounded interesting. They wanted the technology to help conquer a disease or help someone dealing with a disability. And now there's these new initiatives that you've probably even seen. Facebook is now being called Meta. And it's this combination of artificial intelligence, virtual reality that wants people to share more and more of themselves and enter into this new world, this universe that programmers have created. And even some of them are claiming to be gods. As with each advancement to come up with this eternal life and this universe being that ultimate goal of theirs. The sci-fi horror movies are attempted to become true. It's scary, it's crazy watching people hell-bent on repeating the sins of Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden attempted to become gods themselves. So here, we're celebrating and professing our Lord Jesus Christ, King of the universe. I wonder, is it true? Was it ever? In this confusion, we find ourselves in the same boat of, as all people, Pontius Pilate. As disconcerting as that might be, it's true in this instance. In this gospel passage, we have one of the most dramatic dialogues found in all world literature. And it occurs between Jesus and Pilate during his unjust trial. And one thing is apparent. Pilate is confused. He's confused by this claim that Jesus is a king. At this point, those who are desperate for Jesus to be killed are keeping things far more narrow. And they're saying he's simply claiming to be the king of Israel. Pilate is not a stupid man. (laughs) He can see Jesus has provoked such an extreme reaction from these leaders who want him dead. For the Jews who hated the Romans to turn a fellow Jew over to them for the death penalty, it's a little bit of a big deal. In effect, they hate Jesus more than the Romans. But for someone posing such a threat, where is his soldiers? Where are his subjects? Where is even the slightest evidence of a defense whatsoever? None of it makes sense to Pilate. Pilate is not a stupid man, but he's far from a good man either. He's a power-hungry, ruthless leader who has little care and concern for the value of human life, let alone that of a Jew. So that he even engages in this dialogue, this discussion with Jesus, reveals that even the coldest and most selfish and self-centered of human hearts can't help but be unnerved when face-to-face with Jesus. There's no one that can remain on the sidelines when he arrives. His very presence provokes a reaction. And it's there in that cold, conflicted heart of Pontius Pilate, standing face to face with Jesus, that he experiences something that he didn't expect. He doubts himself. He's unnerved by this quiet resolve. He sees something. What is it that he sees? It's so foreign to him. He doesn't have the vocabulary to identify what it is. He's shaken. Looking into the eyes of Jesus, he sees the very depths of love 
that Pilate has never truly known or experienced, but deep within himself has longed for. That divine, eternal, creative love that every human heart, every human being that was, is, and is to come has longed for. And there, there is the truth. There is the power. There is the authority of our Lord Jesus Christ, King of the universe. The depth of genuine, sincere love. Love that's selfless and sacrificial. We know and we've heard countless stories of courageous martyrs and bold witnesses of the saints. Saints like John Paul II and Thomas Aquinas, who Heidi and Landon are members who will receive the Sacrament of Confirmation tonight, have, have chosen as their sponsors. And there are just two of countless ancestors of the faith that have withstood all kinds of evil in every generation since thousands of years, since Jesus' death, resurrection, and ascension. These are brothers and sisters in the faith. They inspire us. They encourage us to the authority of Jesus. But even to this very day, even in the midst of all the threats and attempts to undermine him, you could still see Jesus' reign and authority in simple but no less important ways. You could see how his kingdom is advancing in the lives of us, his followers, when we choose to submit ourselves to his reign. Some examples that come to mind, a friend of mine was telling me about a friend of his who a few years ago, they had a bit of a rift, mostly done via email and over all things politics. He didn't think much of what he considered to be a, a minor debate and thought they had kind of fallen out of context since his friend had moved out of state to Arizona. A few months ago, he learned that his friend's mother had passed away, and he reached out just to extend his sympathies, and he sent a fruit basket to this guy's house. And in response, he got an email that had one sentence that very perfunctorily thanked him for his sympathies, and then proceeded to resume the fight from years earlier. This friend of mine was pretty ticked off. He said he started doing searches through his emails to dig out all the old emails to do searches and then even dug out his old laptop, searched for those old emails on that one just to prove this guy was wrong and he was right and that there was miscommunication and this guy was taking things out of context and on and on and on. And he was working on his response when he went to mass and the gospel that day was Jesus telling us when someone strikes you on the one cheek, to turn and give the other one as well. And he said it was like Jesus was speaking to him directly. For the first time in his 50 plus years of hearing this gospel, he couldn't ever remember how many times that that gospel had come up, but this was the first time he truly understood the gospel and that message. And he said, was it really important to be right, to prove he was right, particularly at this moment when this apparently former friend of his was mourning the death of his mother and obviously struggling with the stages of grief was step one being anger, obviously. He said he decided very uncharacteristically to write an apology and an honest one, not just the begrudging, you're right, I'm wrong, just to end the fight that he didn't really believe, but I'm sorry I let something like politics come between us. I'm sorry I wasn't more thoughtful and attentive. I'm sorry I wasn't and haven't been a better friend. 
In short, he humbled himself and he selfishly offered love to someone in need. And the reign of our Lord Jesus Christ, the King of the universe, advanced one heart, or actually two hearts, in that moment. And there's everyday examples that happen right here in our midst, too, that I see all the time. I see it when I witness some of you guys coming early in the morning to join us for a Eucharistic Holy Hour or praying the rosary. As you're thinking about your campus or your families or your friends and asking the Lord to bless and to guide them. I see it with our focused missionaries, Michael, Nick, Sarah, and Emily, who a year or two ago never ever heard of Montclair State University and probably shuddered at the words New Jersey, (laughs) who've offered their lives for this campus and this community. Or all of our former focus missionaries who are here tonight, Catherine, our our sponsor, Megan and Lucci. I see getting newsletters from alumni who've given up their lives to serve as focus missionaries on different campuses as well. All these recent college graduates could be doing anything right now, making more money than fundraising their own salary, joining the masses that are mindlessly binging Netflix, Hulu, Disney Plus, rather than putting themselves on the line, trying to help you, their peers, have a deeper relationship with Jesus. Their very presence and action is an additional step where the reign of our Lord Jesus Christ, King of the universe, is extended. I hear it in the voices of every person who comes to confession as they admit their their failings, acknowledge their weaknesses, desire to be more authentic followers, more virtuous, more loving people. I see it in Heidi and Landon, Heidi becoming Catholic and Landon finishing his sacraments of initiation as they're both confirmed tonight, and all the ones who are preparing to come into the church in the future. At a time where there are more stories of how people are leaving the church or leaving the faith, they demonstrate how Christ's reign is still conquering hearts. I see it in all of you who go to Bible studies every week, making time for discipleship meetings or desiring to grow in your faith, whether it's the Newman night or in growing discipleship gathering. I see it in those signing up for mission trips and volunteering for service opportunities. I see it in all of you who make it here every Sunday for Mass. And all these meaningful steps, in each of these ways, you're testifying to the reign of our Lord Jesus Christ, King of the universe. Yeah, there are many who try to threaten the the very existence of the church, whether abroad in acts of violence or more local, when a professor mocks your beliefs or someone tries to diminish you for being a Catholic Christian. There's examples of evil near and far that don't deserve the attention or even named, to be named or recounted on this solemnity. Because all those who are behind those efforts will one day join the likes of Pontius Pilate or King Herod or Caiaphas, the high priest. Men who are very much in authority and power, who are all very much dead, and their reigns and their authority are relegated just to the pages of history. Jesus Christ is the firstborn of the dead. He continues to reign. He calls us to constantly look into his eyes of love, 
to see in him the answer to all discouragement and fear and despair. To recognize in him the conqueror of death and the powers of hell. To listen to his voice and continue to align ourselves with him so that we belong to his truth as he teaches us how to live, how to respond in this crazy world of ours. And when we do that, we join the chorus, proudly and boldly professing the reign of Jesus Christ, King of the universe.